This is Donna, and you're listening to the American Social History Project podcast. American Social History Podcasts are a production of the American Social History Project Center for Media and Learning at the City University of New York Graduate Center. While we often think of monuments as physical static objects, what might a more experiential interaction with memorialization offer us in understanding difficult histories? In this episode, we feature Marissa Williamson, a multimedia artist based in Newark, New Jersey, whose site-specific works, videos, and performances focus on the body, authority, freedom, and memory. Here, Williamson details her work on Sweet Chariot, a smartphone-based augmented reality tour of Philadelphia's spaces of Black freedom struggle. By inviting the viewer to interact and engage with this history, Williamson opens new doors for alternative approaches to monuments and memorialization. This talk took place at the CUNY Graduate Center and is supported with funds from Humanities New York and the National Endowment for the Humanities. I'm a visual artist, I use video and performance, and I wanted to start by describing the ways I believe performance is one way that you can destabilize monuments, reinsert other voices, other bodies into the landscape of monuments. So for the last six years, I had been um, performing as Sally Hemings, Thomas Jefferson's enslaved um, mistress, concubine, a wide array of words um, can be used to describe Sally Hemings. A lot about her life is unknown, but there's also a great deal about her life that is known. And I had worked especially um, tightly from the work of Annette Gordon-Reed, who when I first read her books, um, I had never before seen someone or read such um, a, a sensitive account of a black woman's life. And the degree to which she psychologized Sally Hemings really struck me. She was trying to create an inner world for this person. And so um, I was really inspired to think about how bringing that inner world out could be something that gets done in public spaces kind of as a, limi- a living monument, a speaking monument um, to uh, accompany the other monuments that exist. So um, this performance was at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I was giving a tour of the period rooms. And in this work, I was really interested in positioning the figure of Sally Hemings against other material objects and the kind of wealth contained in this museum and um, draw both material and kind of um, conceptual connections between the life of Sally Hemings, other enslaved workers, and these these well-preserved objects. That work has been really challenging. It started at Monticello, performing there. It was about performing at Storm King Art Center. I was often invited as an artist in residence to kind of do this work. And um, in departing from that work, I was looking around for other opportunities to figure out how performance and video could feature in the landscape. And this project um, was part of Monument Lab, which Ken will talk about. And I was invited by the curators there to create something to acknowledge this space in Philadelphia, a city that I'm from, um, a space called Wekako Playground, which in the the years before Monument Lab, it had been discovered that there was an African-American graveyard there. There had been some excavation under the community center 
bodies were found, and it was revealed through archaeology and research that it had been a gravesite for Mother Bethel AME Church, which was one of the early um, African and African-American churches in the city of Philadelphia. So it took me, as all my projects do, in a kind of journey of research. One leg of that research revealed this tombstone, an image of this tombstone, which uh, on it was inscribed the name Amelia Brown as a 26-year-old who was found buried in that space. And so again, I was drawn to embodying a figure really almost late in this process. And while I had first thought about making a swing set, the idea being that kids would swing off of this swing set and into a map of the city, a historical map, and then be transported through that playfulness into the past and maybe into imagining themselves in a world that resembled in some ways current Philadelphia, but in many, many ways different. But coming to this figure and also finding an obstacle and actually constructing anything at Wekako, I then developed a smartphone app, which you, you, know, you use your smartphone, um, you download the app, which is called Sweet Chariot, and you find yourself one of these scratch-off maps, and you can use the map and images planted around in the landscape of historic Philadelphia to launch eight videos which tell the stories of African Americans um, from the city of Philadelphia who you know, sought freedom in one way or another. And the journey is guided by Amelia Brown, who I embody in this practice as someone who's trying to find her way home. Her home is eventually Wekako Playground, but you, you meet all these people as you travel through the neighborhood follow the map and uncover these clues that are hidden uh, in the landscape and reveal these stories through videos. Um, in this, this way, I found a way of kind of amplifying the type of voice I had found through Sally Hemings by adding other voices, voices of other historical figures to create a kind of a chorus of ghosts who altogether could make the lives of African-Americans all the more rich, um, all the more dimensional. So one of the videos, the first video, features this performer who I, I had met in Newark, where I currently live, and she makes these beautiful beaded masks, and I saw one online and asked if she would be willing to perform as the bird woman in Washington Square in Philadelphia, which is also a burial ground. It's the first stop on Sweet Chariot. And in this image, this is the final image of the video that you would kind of walk around the park and get to this final frame of the video. And she's actually blocking the, the statue of, of Washington, which is here in his kind of pedestal space. And I, I like this idea of supplanting other monuments with living monuments and monuments you might not expect. This is kind of what the research looks like for one of the clues I was interested in monumentalizing Pennsylvania Hall, which was built by abolitionists and then burnt down on the second day that it existed because of um, a congregation of men and women. The, the real problem was that they were meeting together to talk about abolition. And I found this song by Francis Johnson, who was a, a black composer around that time, and he had written it for the orphans who'd been um, displaced when this building was burnt down and also a, an orphanage for colored youth. And I kind of, usually in my work, try to combine at least three things. I try to keep it to, to three. And on the bottom are paintings by my father, who's grown up in Philadelphia um, since he was a kid. And so for this video, I combined his paintings as kind of a green screened out, keyed out element of the videos for the grass near where 
Pennsylvania Hall used to exist in Philadelphia. Hired this dancer, she's a Penn student, to kind of create a, a movement sequence to go along with Orphans Crying, the, the musical piece from, from the mid-19th century to come at that at the moment was a memorial um, to this event. One of the other videos explores W.E.B. Du Bois's The Philadelphia Negro, which has a great passage describing uh, the life and death of Octavius Caddo, who is someone who recently got a monument in Philadelphia. And Du Bois lived on South Street for some time while researching the Philadelphia Negro. The, the, the city does have these plaques all around, and I'm interested in the plaques, but also find them to be too high for most kids to read. So I was interested in kind of bringing monuments down to eye level. Um, and for this video, I was interested in this, this, well, I call it a monument, but this mural, and wondering whether through the image recognition software I could bring this, this uh, mural to life. And so while I won't play that video, the video essentially has the mural open up um, in the same way Jill, as you saw her works, you know, her students' works have augmented reality placed into the landscape. This augmented reality turns the mural into a kind of moving panorama that tells the story of Octavius Caddo um, being shot and then he gets shot right on the street. Um, I had an actor perform that. So I was interested in collaborating and also figuring out how to connect stories like police violence to the kind of historical legacy of vigilante violence that the city of Philadelphia has known and which took the life of Octavius Caddo, who is a Philadelphia Negro, but certainly one of the most um, extraordinary Philadelphia Negroes and, and really deserves uh, monumentalization in, in a, you know, many, many, many degrees, in my opinion, both physical and virtual. Um, so that's kind of one scene. And this video was the final video, and it features um, myself as, as Amelia Brown and, and brings her home. Let's see. This is my home. In 1810, Mother Bethel Minister, Reverend Richard Allen, bought this land as a final resting place for a homesick people, for orphans, mothers, fathers, daughters, and sons. But it was lost, buried by forces within and beyond human control. One day, we will all be ancestors, fluffs of cosmos that float in and out of our loved ones' bodies. In dust, they kick up with their feet. Believe. Something in the wind, yes it does, knows me. I want to hang on a thread. Oh yes, I want to be on the edge. I want to be the kind of spook, oh yeah, that makes a cat leap up on the banister. Believe in me. There is a woman on the moon, sitting with rounded stones. There is a woman on Mars, weaving in red dust. There is a woman on Earth moving words like cowries. The words become futures to be exhumed. All these women, these worlds, these words are me. Believe, live without doom in your teeth. Open ground up and dance over dust. You must become the sweet chariot. Listen, learn. Remember, and carry these stories home to others, the stories that make up the long journey to freedom through time. So that's what people found as a kind of reward for, for doing this scavenger hunt. And I think 
the idea of combining kind of games, new media, phones, um, you know, family activities, walking tours, I find that those are really interesting ways of challenging the kind of static monument that looks down on people uh, from above. But I am also interested in that static monument and was a visiting artist at University of Virginia last spring, and there was interested in the wake of the events in Charlottesville uh, of trying to figure out what whiteness meant and what could be done to play around with um, and engage with the many statues and um, images of Jefferson that exist in that space um, and the many forms he takes in people's conscious and unconscious minds. So this project was again a performance where I wandered around um, and created a postcard book ultimately um, called The Ghost of Thomas Jefferson, which features these images uh, in a kind of loose narrative describing his revelations of the need to make reparations for his actions and his um, exploitation of other people. Another idea of mine over the years has been this kind of physical, moving, iterative monument. And for this one, um, called Seedbed or Pyre, I used this bed form, which I'd, had been my personal bed form for a while, and I had made in grad school, learned to weld in order to make this bed. And it kind of migrated from brick uh, in Brooklyn, where it was installed as a kind of prototype with these flowers, fake and real, and, and candles and a, a video to uh, Charlottesville on the street near where the protest happened and where Heather Heyer uh, was killed and then ultimately um, in a kind of final form wrapped around this tree in the enslaved person's graveyard uh, that abuts the university graveyard um, at University of Virginia where that again a graveyard that was discovered only as the university was trying to expand and then couldn't expand when it realized that there were black people who were um, not going to vacate uh, that space. So it's interesting to me to figure out how performative gestures, whether they take the form of um, objects placed kind of at night um, or with some permission, um, various views of permission and performance can serve to kind of reacquaint people with memories, with pasts that are uncomfortable and perhaps um, not in their everyday consciousness. And then finally, this work the performance work as Sally Hemings has evolved into the Hemings Foundation, which for me is a program that I again presented at University of Virginia in the as I took that form of the ghost of Thomas Jefferson. And it's really a reparative program, an effort to invite the university to consider a program that um, supports a scholarship for a girl between the ages of 13 and 18. Um, offers, uh, creates some sort of um, incubator for artists creating monumental work about the lives of black people, and then creating space um, for artists to reclaim their time, artists of color. So uh, I went back down to Virginia to present the Hemings Foundation, and that was again a performance that involved lots of different people, reenactors, examples of what the Hemings Foundation would sponsor and support. Um, and so ongoing work is, you know, efforts to make this foundation real, to gather resources, redistribute wealth in order to kind of, um, yeah, make amends in some way. 
Um, but other projects include, I'm right now an artist in residence on the New England Scenic Trail, and there creating uh, 10 speculative monuments that'll exist as postcards that are collaborative and crowdsourced um, in an effort to remember what's been um, acknowledged along the New England Scenic Trail and also things that haven't been acknowledged along the Scenic Trail, including um, the Native American history there, witches, um, all sorts of cool things. It's a really, it's a really rich and exciting place to be um, monumentalizing collaboratively. So thanks. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter and leave a review on your favorite podcast hosting site.